it, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Because the bottom line. And so, goodbye. <laughs> and good night. Bang! Settle! Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Yes, sir! To Off the Mats with Alex Lowe's and Josh Silverberg. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Unfortunately, Josh is not here this week. He is out out uh, moving into a new house. So with us this week is co-hosting on Off the Mat is Jillian B. Cohen. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Glad to have you on. Glad uh, to be on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around with us here on Off the Mat. But first, we got to do some house cleaning. We got to tell people where they can listen and follow us here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and here on Off the Mat. So my Twitter is at ShowSlows, and Jillian's Twitter is at Jillian B. Cohen. You can watch us and listen to us live on the WWSRN app. The app is free in the App Store or on Google Play, and you can also play us on your smart speaker. I have a smart a smart speaker. It's not with me right now, but it's in my other. It's in my room. Uh, you can play. Um, you can play directly from that. Listen to us on that. We have a variety of shows here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and it's not just us you can listen to but other sports-related shows as well. We have Down to the Wire, Below the Mic, The Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and former NFL player Eric Coleman, The Wise Guys, Weapons Hot, The Sports Hit List, and it's only going to continue to grow. And you can, as we continue to grow, feel free to check out all these shows here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's not just us again. It's... It's mostly sports shows that you can play back and listen to anytime, anywhere through the WWSRN app. Also, you can watch us live on the, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network uh, at WorldWideSportsRadio.com slash watch us live. Our phone line is 727-888-4295. Again, the phone line is 727 727- Eight 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 four two nine five. Feel free to call in any point during the show. Give your thoughts, opinions, and comments on the topics we have at hand and what we will be discussing. And throughout the show, you can also chat with us on in, on Facebook Live through the live stream at the bottom of the screen. And yeah, it's going to be a really interesting show. I cannot wait to get into the topics we have. We have AEW. NXT, This Week in Wrestling History, the Hell in a Cell recap, AEW Full Gear Preview, which we will have later in the show, and the finishing move. But okay, Jillian, right now it's time to get into AEW. It was a very, very interesting show. Uh, We had the AEW World World Championship title tournament, and the first match was Wardlow versus Hangman Adam Page. And Hangman wasted no time 
going after Wardlow with the drop kick right out of the gate. And I love how Adam Page uses diving and stunning attacks to take out his opponents. The spear, the spear through the guardrail from Wardlow was insane and turned the tables on on Adam Page throughout the matchup. And Adam Page is one of the most gifted athletes in AEW. He, he was very successful in the Bullet Club in New Japan, where he came from. And when he crossed over into AEW, that's where he wanted to start. And he started off in the tag with a tag team of Kenny Omega. But now he has to be successful in singles competition. And so far he has. As for, as for Wardlow, he has been amazing to watch. His power and intensity. He has power and intensity. And he's one of the strongest athletes in AEW. Under, MJ, under MJF leaders, MJF's leadership, he's been very successful. And only time will tell what direction he goes in his career. So now I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Hangman Adam Page and seeing him move on into the finals? And he's going to be facing he's going to be facing Kenny Omega in the final the final the final competition before someone earns that opportunity for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, well, I thought you know the match uh, that we saw Warlow versus uh, um, Hangman was very good, but you know. Ever since, you know, uh, Kenny and uh, Hangman did, you know, separate, you know, it, Hangman has been so good on his own. Just the raw talent that he has, even as a singles competitor, is, you see it so much more now because he's able to, you know, um, as we know, we've seen him before in singles, but right now, him in singles is just very, um, there's a lot that he can do, very hard, great moves. Um, and it's going to be, you know, interesting to see when he does face Kenny again, what is that going to be like for them? How hard are they going to go at each other, given what uh, has happened in the past with them, you know, being tag team teammates, and now they're not. And, you know, all that rage and all of that, you know, just it's just going to come to a head, and I think it's going to be an explosive match. Oh, yeah. It's, I cannot wait for it. It's definitely going to be a great matchup. And what I'm thinking is how, how are Hangman and Adam, how, how, how are Hangman, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega going to be able to put differences aside and really go at each other in great competition in this matchup? Because, like you said, they ended, they ended the tag team and they split into singles competition. So... It's going to be – I cannot wait to see how it turns out. I believe they're they're going to go at it in this matchup. Oh, it's going to be sure. a striking match. It's it's going to be a blow-by-blow, neck-and-neck matchup, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, and I think for sure, you know, it's going to all come to – can they contain, I guess, their own egos and the fur that they have and also the animosity that they have toward each other to be able to, you know, are they, able gonna, are they ever going to be able to put differences aside? we may find out in this match or, you know, we may not. This may continue. And the next match was Eddie Kingston versus Matt Seidel. And uh, Matt Seidel, speaking of him, I met him a year ago at ACW. He's a trainer uh, in Tampa for WWN or WWN uh, World Wrestling Network School. And a, a year ago, that's where I met him, and he's one of the most talented, amazing athletes. He's one of the premier high flyers in the world, and he he's not afraid to go. He's not afraid to take things to extreme lengths, 
And that's he has not gone unnoticed at all. Matt Seidel can take to the skies at any particular moment, and that's why he's so good at what he does. Yeah, no, like you were saying, Eddie Kingston is so unpredictable, but that unpredictability about him makes him so I meant uh, Matt Seidel. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Matt Seidel, he can do things. He can fly through the air and just you can see things that you're like, catches your eye and you go okay this he's got he's got talent obviously but if you if you're also talking about eddie kingston as well you know i remember when eddie kingston first arrived on um aew i remember the first match that he had i believe it was against uh cody for the uh for the tnt championship just that match i watched and i'm just like this is this he's gonna bring something to aew that you know we haven't seen just unfiltered. He just yeah, he's he definitely one of those unfiltered guys in AEW. He's not afraid to, not afraid to speak out and say what's on his mind. And he no. he's really one of those guys who brings attitude and he brings a lot of heat to the ring. And that's what I love about uh, Eddie Kingston. He's just one of those guys who's who backs up what he says in the squared circle. And the match between Matt Seidel and Kingston was good, but what happened at the end of the match was Kingston sending a message to John Moxley, and Kingston he wants he wants to destroy Moxley and make him quit at full gear, but we will have to wait and see what happens and how things turn out there. But I I believe Moxley and Kingston are going to tear each other apart, and this is one of these matches where it's personal. It's it's exactly what. What uh, John Moxley said, it's it's personal between him and Kingston. And Kingston is going to have to literally back, literally give his all to win this match. It's going to be a very physical environment environment for him. But yeah, um, for sure, you know, if you've seen Mox and just how brut- his brutality is and just what lengths, what lengths he will go to to defend that AEW championship, putting him with the Eddie Kingston, the Mox, you know, those are two, it's just going to be an explosive match because the power, the agility, just everything about those two guys, that's going to be Jillian. entertaining fight for sure because you don't, like you said, you know, yes. You're good. Your mic cut it out for a second. But... Oh, can you hear me? Am I good? Yeah, you're good now. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. So like I was saying before, you know, Mox and so Mox and Kingston, they're both two very, they're upfront. They don't take any crap from anybody. Two strong personalities in the ring. For sure, it's going to be an explosive match. And that is something I cannot wait to see for sure. The next thing we have is the next thing that we saw on AEW this week was the FTR and Young Bucks promo. The Young Bucks said that the old Young Bucks are back, but they don't like how they have been being themselves. But something snapped inside the Young Bucks, and we have seen it for the last couple weeks with them super kicking all the announcers, the backstage personnel. And this is why they've been changing the way they are, because they feel FTR antagonized them. And that's why they are doing this. That's why they are changing who they are and why they want to come out this way and face FTR this way. And the the young bucks said if they don't win at full gear, they won't challenge. They won't. Ne- they'll never challenge again for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So they have a lot to lose, and they are putting everything on the lines. So I got to ask you, Julian, what are your thoughts 
about the Young Bucks putting everything on the line here against FTR? You know, the Young Bucks, they're a phenomenal team, uh, one of my favorites. Um, but, you know, them putting everything on the line, it is a little risky because, it, like you said, and like they said in the inter- uh the interview with uh, Excalibur, if they don't win, they're never going to challenge again. So it's, you're putting everything you have on the line. And, you know, I think that that's a very gutsy thing for them to do, but I think that they can prevail. You know, they just have to go for it and go into that match wholeheartedly knowing that they can win. You know, they're everybody, you know, it's just if they can win, I think it's going to be amazing. But, you know, if they can never challenge again, that's going to be what comes after that. What's next for the Young Bucks? Exactly. And the Young Bucks are one of the most talented tag teams in the world. They've accomplished a ton in their career from Ring of Honor to New Japan and now here in AEW. They have been all over the world together. So I'm hoping that they can take a victory at full gear. But uh, with uh, FTR having having uh, Tolly Blanchard behind them, they're oh, yeah. they're gonna have to find a way to to really distract Tolly Blanchard on the outside floor, and then come oh, in sure, sure. and take out FTR from behind. So that way they have a fair shot at winning the tag team championships. But uh, it, it's gonna be a close one. I I think FTR is definitely going to use everything they have, use all the momentum that they have behind them with Tully Blanchard leading them who wasn't the four horsemen and he was part of like a legendary group. So it's, it's going to be, it's one of those matchups where you say, um, it's going to be one of those matchups where you're like, who, who, who comes out on top? Who, who's the tag team that really prevails here? So it's, Mm -hmm. it'll be an interesting one to watch and I cannot wait for this tag team championship match. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, especially after, you know, the interview when FTR, you know, just they just got up and left. You're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, what's going through their heads? And also what's going through the anything unsaid by the Young Bucks? You know, everything will be revealed when they do face each other. The next match was F- MJF. Well, we, we had an announcement. There was a promo between MJF and Chris Jericho. And we saw the uh, the uh, town hall meeting. That was a pretty interesting town hall meeting. I, oh, I that segment that was so amazing. It was great. And uh, we saw Eric Bischoff come out and say that he's known Jericho for 20 years, and that he doesn't really like Jericho, and he he insulted Jericho, and Jericho didn't take too kindly of that. Uh, that was that was an interesting segment for sure, and we saw yeah. MJF kind of trying to back up his words and say that he's not going to betray the inner circle. He wants to be in the inner circle and help them out and make them rise more to power in AEW, and I believe MJF can do that, but in order for him to be in the inner circle, he has to beat Jericho at full gear. So if MJF wins, he gets to join the inner circle. And MJF, he might win with Wardlow behind him. and uh, But before we get to that, next week, MJF has to win and tag team with Wardlow against Sammy Guevara. And um, what, who, who am I trying to think of? He's in uh, Proud and Powerful. Um, I can't oh, think of his name right now, but he will. they will be facing that team. And because MJF is a tactical genius, 
and he because he plans accordingly, I know for sure he's going to have something up his sleeve. So something definitely will go down ne next week on Dynamite. But we saw that Sammy Guevara does not he he does not want MJF in the inner circle. No, not he, not one bit. Now you saw just the just the disdain on Sammy's face, and you go, okay, that that's if like what here's the thing: if MJF does beat Jericho, now that's a big if. What what is what could possibly happen with Sammy? Like we don't know. We obviously we have to first see if. He even him and Warlow uh, can win before they he even faces Jericho. Yeah, and Santana, Santana wasn't too happy about it either. He <laughs> no. he was backing. He was just saying on the microphone, if if somehow you get past us, we'll let you in the inner circle. But next week, we're gonna make sure that you never get to full gear. And uh, MJF and Wardlow have to be ready for this tag team match because Sammy Guevara and Santana. They're going to do everything they can to keep him out of the inner circle. Exactly, yeah. And also one thing, too, if, if once again, it's a big if, if MJF can beat Jericho, who isn't to say that once MJF is potentially in the inner circle, will he stay loyal to them? Or is he, or is he planning something in his head like, okay, me joining the inner circle, I can do so this and this to try to maybe even break them apart. But who knows? We, we, like I said, we have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to really think about. If MGF does get in the inner circle, how do we know he's not going to stab the inner circle in the back and try to form his own group out of the inner circle? That's, that's exactly. what you really have to think of and watch out for. And that's what Chris Jericho needs to be on the lookout for. So I cannot wait for that matchup. And the, the match we had was on – AEW this week was Orange Cassidy versus Cody TNT Championship Lumberjack match. The match was okay. I I felt like it could have been a bit longer, but the lumber the Lumberjack match started out very strongly and Cody is amazing at pinpointing his target and going to work on it and he definitely showed it in this matchup. Outside distraction allowed Orange Cassidy to capitalize momentarily. And the match was definitely fun to watch, especially the suplex onto the lumberjack, the superplex onto the lumberjacks, and to the floor on the outside. That allowed the match to pick up from there. And Cassidy, he was close to winning that match until the Dark Order got involved, just like the week before. And they cost him the match, this matchup twice, twice in a row. Because if he won, he could have been TNT champion already. So I love the turnout of the matchup, but and I like how it ended. I just feel like it could have lasted a bit longer. Yeah, no, I agree with you. you no, know, it was a little. It could have been longer, but you know, like you said, the beginning of it was it was all everything was you know going perfect. You know, but also one thing I do want to talk about was Cody did actually target the knee of Orange Cassidy and tried to do a figure and uh, tried for a figure four. Figure four. You know, Cassidy went to the floor. And then eventually, so quick, where he quickly, you know, evaded the uh, the grab, grasp of the Dark Order, and but he walked right into a big tornado DDT by, you know, by Cassidy. So, you know, well, it, it was a great match, but maybe just a little longer. And Cassidy was so close to winning that. Yeah, he definitely he was. Said. And next week, uh, I think no, actually at full gear, Cody will face Darby Allen on November seventh. Yes. 
And this is Darby's chance to achieve his lifelong career dream against someone who is well-known and very well-experienced in wrestling. So Darby must be ready and go to the absolute limit. And it's going to take a ton of work and effort to get there. And Darby Allen, he's one of those guys that has a never-say-die attitude, a never-quit attitude. He He's willing to sacrifice his body and put himself at risk just to win. And sometimes that's what you have to do to win, and I can't wait for this matchup. I believe Darby Allen is going to come into this matchup very much ready, very much focused. And Darby Allen is one of those guys in AEW who's scratched and clawed his way to get to this moment, to get to the very top. And if if he can beat Cody, this this will be his moment to be at the top and be the TNT champion. No, we look for you know, for a while. Look at Darby Allen. He's been on the rise for so long and now he has this opportunity right in front of him. If he if everything he's planning to do goes the way he wants it and he just risks everything his body just every single thing he could come out the winner of this and this could be something that really even catapults him even higher and you know like you said it this is what he's really been working towards this is the match that he has his sights set on this is something that he knows he can win if he if he does everything right exactly and darby allen he he's been in many different matches in AEW. I'm not sure what his win loss record is, but I believe it's 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 a really good win win loss loss record, based on the experience and everything he's been through leading up to this matchup. So I cannot wait for that. It's going to be an exciting one, and I believe Cody Cody's going to bring his A game, and he's going to have Double A Arn Anderson behind him and his brother his brother uh, his brother behind him in this matchup. So it, I, I believe Cody is going to be ready. He's going to be on, he's going to be on the attack and it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. I think I actually found Darby's uh, win loss record right here. It says it's four, four, one. Okay. So he's, he's starting to build momentum. He's starting to get yeah. up here in his win loss record in AEW. So we're just going to have to wait and see what he's capable of. But I believe Darby Allen has full capability of outsmarting Cody and winning this matchup. Oh, for sure. You've seen the things he can do. So I have no doubt that he could come out of this the winner for sure. The next match, we have the final match of the AEW World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Kenny Omega versus Penta L0M. Kenny Omega put on one of the best matches, if not the greatest match of the week against Penta L0M. Penta went all for it with the diving senton to the floor on Kenny Omega, and that allowed Penta some time for a possible advantage. The DDT on the ice cooler from Kenny was awesome to see. That was a very creative thing for Kenny to put in the matchup, and I, I enjoyed that part of the match because it was such a creative way to fight. And this match was neck and neck. Both competitors went to great lengths and definitely gave their all and put everything into this matchup. The amount of counters and innovation of these moves were just amazing to see. And this is why AEW is doing so well with their main events because of the stars they have and the stars they have and the stars that they have brought to AEW. And what a match it was between Pentel Zero M and Kenny Omega because 
again, it just blew me away. It blew everybody away with this match. And Penta LL0M, he's wrestled in AAA, winning the Latin American Championship and the AA World Tag Team Championship. And he's one of the most awesome luchadors and talented wrestlers to grace sports entertainment. So you definitely need to give him credit for that kind of performance because it, it was outstanding. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you were saying, you know, it, this was a fantastic match. Bo- both men are in amazing competitors and they have, you know, so many weapons that they can use, not just against each other, but in, just in general. But, you know, everything from from the V trigger knee strikes that um, and, uh, you know, from like you were saying, like from a suplex that onto uh, that Omega set up the suplex on the ring steps at ringside, you know, he like, but Pantera did counter that. Um you know, anyway, onto the and onto the entrance ramp, he Pantera tried uh, to snap Kenny's arm. You know, all these different things that they that they did in that match. You know, it's just that that match was a. I love that match. That was great. Yeah, that match was the best the best one of the week, in my opinion. And Kenny Omega will now take on ha- Hangman Adam Page at full gear for the AEW World Championship title opportunity full gear is going to be a great pay-per-view and i can already tell something is going to make it excellent it's going to be very interesting so i this week AEW, i give it an 8.5 out of 10 because it, it really impressed me it was a strong show and it was great i enjoyed every every match that they had on AEW dynamite this week yeah, no, like you said, I, I give it that, that actually same exact rating too because as you see with AEW, every week they're doing something either new, they're doing something exciting. You know, it's just a great, it's just a great wrestling. It's just great wrestling all the time. Great storylines. It's just everything just fall, kind of falls into place. Definitely. And now it's time to get into NXT Halloween Havoc. Love the opening of the show. The promo of the show was great. With with Shotzi Blackheart, the setup was amazing, but it the, it was it was something I did not expect. I I expected the old WCW Halloween Havoc setup. That's what me and Josh were talking about last week. We wanted to see see them bring back the whole the old Halloween Havoc setup, but it, they just they still were creative with the setup. But I feel like they could have been able to bring that back. But now thinking about the setup to the old setup now. Did you think that the new setup was too much or do you think that it was not enough? I feel like it was not enough. There could have been more. Yeah, there could have been more on the NXT Halloween Havoc setup, but it was great. And then the first match we had was Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Spin the wheel, make a deal match, and it became a Devil's Devil's Playground match. So, which that means no disqualification, no count out, and false count anywhere for the North American Championship. And Damian Priest, he got to jump on Gargano very quickly. And Damian Priest is the type of guy who can really deliver the most execution on a move and keep the pressure on his opponent. Damian Priest is one of my favorites in NXT. And the first time I saw him compete, I knew he was going to be something special. I knew he was going to have a good connection with the NXT universe, and he has made a big name for himself here in NXT very, very quick, quickly. And when he won the NXT North American Championship for the first time, I knew he could be a figure in the NXT locker room that people could look up to and definitely learn from. And he's really done 
what he set out to do, and that's made him big and made him live forever. And the match itself, the ending was great. Um, Johnny Gargano, he's a great wrestler. He made no mistake about no mistake about it. He's a great performer and has had every opportunity in the book. I just think NXT, they need to allow others a chance like Cameron Grimes. They need to allow performers, oh, yeah, sure. mid-card performers like Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis and right. really focus in on them and give these guys more opportunities because I believe everyone needs an equal opportunity and I definitely think it will happen over time. And yeah, uh, yeah sure. da Damian Priest, he took the fight in, uh, to Gargano early on in the match and... Gargano had no chance to counter back and capitalize. And Gargano dropped Damian Priest on the steel steps. That was cool to see. That was oh, an, yeah. a, definitely a turning point in the matchup. Mm -hmm. And the assist from Mysterio, from the mysterious figure, the guy yeah, that was I'm dressed up as... I'm still trying to figure out who that is. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. We all need to know. Who 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 was that? What, what, I, I, you know, I don't know who it could be, but, you know, I would really like to find out because that because with that mysterious figure in the screen mask that came out that that cost damian priest that one action yeah it cost it cost him the championship yeah exactly and now gargano is a two-time north american champion exactly and i have a feeling someone had to be behind it i believe either it might have been Candice. It could, it could be anybody, but we'll have to wait and see who who gets unveiled next week. And uh, Pat McAfee's promo on Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era was amazing, along with Danny Burch and Oni Larkin. Yeah. Pat McAfee said he was responsible for putting Ridge Holland with the assignment to attack Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. And Kyle Riley came along with Pete Dunne, to help even out the numbers against Tony Larkin, Danny Birch, and Pat McAfee, right, yeah. but at the last, the last moment, you saw, you saw Pete Dunn turn his attention to Kyle O'Reilly, and he hit him with the steel chair, and they, they just went, they just went full ham on Kyle O'Reilly, right, and yeah. basically just destroyed him inside the squared circle, and now, uh, now Pete Dunn has aligned him, aligned himself with Pat McAfee. And everybody wants to know why. Why would why would Pete Dunne do that? Pete Dunne's a man of honor and respect. So why would he help Pete, Pat McAfee instead of Kyle O'Reilly, who he's known throughout his career? And at this point, could this be the end of an undisputed era? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen and how they're going to counter back. But we, I hope to find out next week what happens. Because undisputed era is... One of, one of the most biggest groups in NXT, and they're not looking too good right now. And without question, they've been the leaders of the yellow brand for a long time and have been for, I don't know, two years, two years since they've so been. So long. Yeah, yeah so like, long. You kind of just lose count. But no, I do also, I do want to talk about it because I remember. So when I was watching, you know, Kyle came out, Pat, Pat, Pat hit, cut a great promo, and then. Pete, Pete Dunne's music just hit, and you go, okay, what's going on now? But I was so shocked to see that he attacked, you know, he attacked Kyle O'Reilly with the steel chair, and my mind just went to, okay, what, what's, what happened? 
You know, the last time we saw Pete Dunne was when he was with uh, Matt Riddle and when they were the Bruiserweights. So I just want to know what happened that he, that Pete Dunne decided to align himself with Danny Burch, Oni Orkin, and Pat McAfee. Like, what, what's going on here? Is, is this a new faction that's starting and this is just the beginning? And like you said, is this the end of the Undisputed Era? We'll have to wait and see. Very interesting storyline, definitely developing here for sure. Yeah, it's it's. I love how NXT is doing with this storyline, and it's. I, I I love how everything is unfolding, and I wonder what's going to happen once uh, once they bring back Ridge Holland. I wonder when he's going to be coming back because he's going to be out for a while with that injury. So I wonder what the storyline will be like when he comes back. It's, yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, that's definitely something to stay tuned to for sure. I'm very looking forward to see what happens next. And then we had Jake Atlas versus Santos Escobar. Uh, Escobar came out of the gates, got the matchup going with the drop kick, and Santos made quick work and applied skill in the matchup to defeat Jake Atlas. The match was good, but I believe that could, that could have been a longer match as well. Santos Escobar wants to be known as the Emperor of Lucha Libre, and I think he is definitely he definitely has earned that role as the Cruiserweight Champion, and he's been champion for 157 days, and that is a huge accomplishment and feat. And Santos Escobar has brought honor to the Cruiserweight Championship, and I love what NXT is doing with him, and they have made him a better star than how he was when he donned the mask, and he's come a long way in his career since then. And he's made a big name for himself and definitely has risen up as one of the best cruiserweight competitors. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. See, this match, I caught, I caught a little bit of it. Um, I was flipping back and forth, you know, to get ready for the show. So I only saw a little bit of this. Intro. Like you said, I did watch some clips before, you know, before we started. But no, that, what I saw, that was a, that was a high-octane match. Like you said, it definitely could have been longer, for sure. You know, I needed that thing. That made it go. Okay, this is how it ends. But no, um, with the with the Phantom Driver, that just ended ended it so quickly. You saw him go for it, and you're like, "This has to be it." I don't think Atlas can recover from the Phantom. No. I don't think Atlas can recover from this at all. This is just completely took out. You just completely took it over. We're going to have to speed it up because we're almost to the break point. But All haunted, right, sounds good. Haunted House of Terrors match. That was great. The oh whole, my God. This is the yeah, perfect match. This for, was like. This is so good. For it was Limit, such a good. Perfect match. Yeah, it definitely was. And it reminded me of the cinematic matches that WWE has done on their main roster. And uh, it was it was very, very creative. And I love how they just added a lot of twist and turns to it how they added the zombies to the matchup at the end oh, yeah, and that, that it, got me. <laughs> yeah it was it was great and then we saw Cameron uh Cameron Grimes go to sleep in the chokehold and that was it and yeah, then the next night, match night, yeah the next match was Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez and Gonzalez started the match off by tossing Rhea around loved the flurry of strikes and hits from them and Raquel can Gonzalez, she showed what what kind of athlete she is in the matchup, but it, it wasn't enough to really show what she's capable of. But Rhea yeah. Ripley, 
I hope we will see more of this feud between her and Raquel Gonzalez oh, yeah, and sure. what this she can do I'm in the skirt circle. This is something I'm here for. To me, this is this to me. This is my favorite match of the night. I I love Rhea Ripley, and you know, just this whole it was so good from beginning to end. It was just the amount of just pure energy that went into this match it was so good. It and definitely was. was. Is. Why she, you know, she showed it, and Raquel Gonzalez also did an amazing job too, you know. And we have a question for somebody who says, "What, what do you think of Bliss as the fiend and other half? Uh, should she Ooh. take over the women's division and do a title run under the new side of her? Uh, I, I think they should. Yeah, I believe. No, I think they should too. Yeah, I, I want to see a title, a title run with Alexa Bliss and her, the new dark side of her. That would be yeah. great." That would be a great way to go for the main roster, the women's division over there. But now we have the final matchup here. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae, NXT Women's Championship match, tables, ladders, and scares. The fact fact that NXT made this ladder match was even better, and I enjoy seeing matches like like this where bodies are put on the line and where everything can change very quickly. It was a great yeah. main, main event with Candice and Io Shirai battling it out. And Candice knew exactly what she had to do and why this needed, needed to end between her and Io Shirai. Candice was able to use every ounce of energy she had left in this match, but we saw her go through the yeah, ladder yeah. on the outside floor, and that was it. That was it. That was the Io, ending Io to that match. climbed all the way up, and she retained her title. And I and, think, you know... I think that was, I, I loved that match. That was, that was so good, you know? Yeah, it, this was probably one of the best NXT, uh, ma- uh, NXT main events we've had in a while for yeah. the NXT, for the NXT Women's Championship. And they definitely knocked it out of the park with this Halloween Havoc and yeah, episode sure. of NXT. So yeah, for no. me, this is a 9.0 out of 10. So which show was better for me this week? NXT or AEW, I would say NXT was definitely the better show this week because of the main event, the Women's Championship ladder match, the North American Championship match, the Haunted House of Terrors, the Cruiserweight match, and they had their own spin of action. So NXT definitely did a good job this week. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'd have to agree with you as well. Looking at the two shows, I would definitely say NXT for sure. You know, just the quality of the matches was so great. And like you said, with the North American title match, with the House of Scares match, and with the the main event, they just put it all all on the line there. And it was, I think, that was a fantastic Halloween Havoc show for sure. It definitely was, and it was it was it. I would say NXT definitely they put every everything into this pay per view. This was one of the the best pay per views for NXT this year, alongside with. Um, the pay-per-views before that. I forget what the pay-per-view was before that. I'm not sure, but I think the next pay-per-view out that after that is a uh, NXT Takeover War Games. So that'll be oh, that'll be an interesting games. one. Yeah. So when we come back, we will have this week in wrestling history, the Hell in a Cell recap, and what else do we have? We have the finishing a- move, I believe. Finishing move, yes, and finishing move. All right, stay tuned here with us here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Everybody's got a price. 
And Josh Silverberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Off the Mat with me, myself, Alex Slows, and Julian B. Cohen, who is guest hosting with guest co-hosting with us. And now we are at the this week in wrestling history, and this one is ECW Fright Night. This took place on October twenty, October thirty first, nineteen ninety seven. At Twin Rinks, Warwick, Pennsylvania, attendance was 1,000. The first match was Little Little Guido and Tracy Smothers defeat Chris Chetty and Mikey Whipwreck. Number two was Paul Diamond defeated Al Snow. Number three was Tommy Rogers defeated Roadkill. Justin Incredible defeated Jerry Lynn. Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Spike Dudley. Dudley. Chris Candido and Shane Douglas defeated Dog Firmus and Phil Lafon. Taz defeated Sabu in a in a draw in 30 minutes for the AECW World Television title. The next match was Tommy Dreamer who defeated Rob Van Dam, and then the next the final match was Johnny Cronus and New Jack defeated Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, Bubba Ray Dudley, and Devon Dudley in a three-way dance tag. So you have a lot of interesting names in here, some of them who crossed over to WWE in the early 2000s. Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley. You had Rod Van Dam who crossed over, Sabu, Spike Dudley, Al Snow. Uh, I think you had Justin, not not Justin Credible, Shane Douglas. He, he crossed over too. Shane Helms, the Hurricane. Yeah, him. He's he was there. He was in WWE for a while. Those were the good t the good days of WWE and like the awesome, the best the best days of WWE, the Attitude Era, and then ECW. The early days of ECW were the best too. So that's that's a great that this is a great East. This was a great this week in wrestling history, and now it's time to move on to Hell in a Cell. We had Roman Reigns take on Jay Uso. In the Hell in a Cell championship ma match for the Universal title. Roman Reigns won by I, I Quit Rules. And this was the most emotional match I have ever watched. Two spears delivered by Roman in the match. They were on point. Calculated perfectly. Third spear, that was just as dangerous. Hell in a Cell was, is a structure that can change you no matter what type of match it is. And Jay, Jay Uso definitely went through a grueling match. And honestly, I would give this Hell in a Cell a 6 out of 10. Because it didn't really feel like a Hell in a Cell. It felt like a just a, an Extreme Rules type of uh, event. It was great. It had a, a lot of good matches. We had Sasha Banks and Bayley in the Hell in a, Hell in a Cell SmackDown Women's Championship match. That was the best women's match I've seen on the main roster in a long time. Oh, yeah, so, sure. so that was great. Uh, the match against Jeff Hardy and Elias, that was okay. And then we saw Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship in a Hell in a Cell match. Randy Orton won by pinfall, and this had to be one of the most insane Hell in a Cell matches in a long time. And Randy Orton went to that dark place that he likes to use. And 
used his aggression and everything to his advantage. And also Best... got into the mind of the competitors, too. Oh, yeah. He loves to tap into the mind and mess with the competitors, really, really get them to lose focus. And that's what Orton did. He he got Drew to lose his focus. And the best part of the match was when Orton and Drew were climbing the top of the cell, battling on top. People change. In, people change in type of matches like these. Careers are not the same after bloody hard-hitting matches like that. It, you've seen it happen to mankind fully. You've seen what's happened to his to his body and what's happened to... What what's really happened to him after after a match like that, a match that he had against the Undertaker in a Hell in a, in the Hell in a Cell match? So it, it definitely can change you. It can change who the type of person you are and the type of competitor you are. Yeah, and also the fact that you know that they're in this steel cage that they're trapped in there. They, there's nowhere for them to go. So you know you just have to also fight through the, through the mentality of that. Even though you know. That some of them that they're used they're, they're used to being in hell in a cell match and they've been in hell in a cell matches before is just you still have to you have to dig down deep to that place even if you're you know don't want to go there you know like you said you have to do anything to win and now Randy Orton is now a 14 time champion yeah hell in a cell it was great it had a good few matches and it, it matches like that it, it being tested in the on you get tested in matches like that, like putting yourself on the line in extreme dangerous environments and in risky situations. Hell in a cell without, without that you lose the whole feel of the environment and point of hell in a cell and WWE to me, they haven't done a great job with the main roster pay-per-views in my eyes. So really something has to change about that because to me, this did not feel like a full hell in a cell pay-per-view it had some matches that were up there that were really outstanding and really good. But to me, the problem is they won't, they can't and they won't listen to the fans or change up the ground war and viewership because in order to be successful, you have to change things up instead of making the same kind of storylines. Exactly. And for that yeah, reason, for that reason alone, I, I lost faith in the main roster shows raw and SmackDown. And that's why I watch uh, NXT mostly. Yeah, no, like you said, you know, over the, you know, you've seen WWE. Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with it, but I'm just saying you have to keep moving forward. You always have to keep coming up with new and new things so that you can, I guess, evolve and move forward. Yeah, it's great to have different, you know, people, competitors who, you know, you, you know, wouldn't really think go well together to create a great storyline. But if you keep, you know, if you keep having the same um, kind of, just matches and storylines and everything I've said, and it, it just kind of gets like, okay, what, what, what do we do next? How can we make it more engaging for the fans and just in general? Exactly. And it was, it was a great hell in a cell. It was okay. It, it, for me, it, the rating is an 8.3 out of 10. We'll have to see where they go from here and what kind of ideas they come up with, but hopefully, hopefully the next pay-per-view, uh, is better survivor series yeah survivor series definitely will be the, hopefully be the better pay-per-view right yeah and we already know we have for survivor series for raw we have uh biggie no i'm thinking i'm so sorry i'm sorry about that it's uh keith lee sheamus and um aj styles are are the three are the three now 
as we know, for to represent Team Raw. And as of last night, Kevin Owens is the first member to represent SmackDown at Survivor Series. Now we have to get into AEW full gear. Here is the card for that. Moxley, the champion, will take on Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match for the AEW World Championship. The next match after that will be Cody versus Darby Allin for the AEW TNT Championship. Third match is FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood versus the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson, and Mac Jackson for the AEW, in the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Number four is Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. She will be defending her AEW Women's World Championship. The next match after that is Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega will face each other in the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. And winner will get a future AEW title shot. Number six is Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, the Elite Deletion match. Number seven is Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he will be allowed to join the inner circle. And number eight is Orange Cassidy and versus John Silver. So here are my predictions for the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. The first prediction is Moxley wins and retains the AEW world title in a grueling, hard-hitting matchup. I agree with that 100%. And then the next, I believe John Moxley, he's been the face of AEW since his arrival and really has been a fighting champion and becoming the longest reigning AEW world champion. He's brought more to the sport of wrestling than ever before, and I want to see him accomplish more than ever. So I think he has to win that matchup. Yeah, the next pure rival aggression from Mox. Perfect. He the next matchup, win, Darby Allen will face Cody, and I believe Darby Allen wins that one. Darby Allen, he's one of the most gifted stars in AEW, so I believe he's going to knock it out of the park here, park here, and really. He's he's going to bring energy and passion to the table in this matchup. Yeah, I think uh, I think Darby Allen's I think Darby's going to come out the winner. I think you know, it's it's his time. It definitely is, and he's one of my favorites because, as I said earlier, he's not afraid to go to go to the extreme, and I think he will win by doing so. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. I can see Darby coming out somewhere, and you know, now what's next for him after that? And also for Cody, where does Cody go if he loses that TNT championship? Exactly. I wonder where uh, Cody might, Cody will go if he loses the TNT title, what his next move will be. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. FTR, I believe they're going to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles in a back-and-forth matchup. That will be a match to remember because I know the, the Young Bucks are going to go all out in this matchup. And they have a lot to lose. Like I said earlier, Sid, they are going to be gunning for a win. But FTR, they're they're going to somehow outplay them with the help of Tolly Blanchard, who's been in their corner for a while. So FTR will win that match for that reason. Then the yeah. next match we have, Hikaru Shida will defeat Nyla Rose. Hikaru Shida, she's become one of the best women's wrestlers in AEW with all of her matches that she's won and continue to win. And she's been on a hot streak. And I, I think she will yet again defeat Nyla Rose and retain the AEW World Women's, the AEW Women's Championship and go on to, with the title around her yeah. waist. I don't think they should take the belts off of her just yet. No. 
No, she let's keep it on her. I think keep it on her for a little longer and then have build a store another storyline or something and then, you know, slowly transition. The next match, Kenny Omega against Hangman Adam Page. Kenny will defeat Hangman Adam Page in a close matchup with near falls, nasty blows, and combos because Kenny is very skilled, quick, and agile, and can he can outmaneuver anybody and any opponent before they know anything else happened. And Kenny Omega, went, he's going to go to great lengths to get to this moment and face the former tag team partner. So I'm, I'm all for Kenny winning that match. Yeah. It's also be, like you said, like you said earlier in the, sh earlier in the show now that they're both, now they're both not competing together and all this, you know, anger pent up and now they're going to be able to, you know, take it out on each other. What kind of a match? I think we're going to expect a really, really, you know, hard hitting given everything that they got. Exactly. And I, I, I Kenny Omega He's going to bring everything he has in this matchup. Kenny has waited a long time to get to this singles competitor singles competitor type of matchup. And Kenny Kenny's I believe he's going to go to he's gonna fight tooth and nail to win this matchup. And I cannot wait to see Kenny Omega win this matchup and go on to face the winner of the I quit match. So it's it's, it's oh, yeah. gonna be great. It's going to be it's, it's going to be a match to, to remember for sure. And then we have Matt Hardy. My prediction is Matt Hardy will defeat Sammy Guevara and delete him in a match that will take risk, great strengths to win. And Matt Hardy is no stranger to that. He's been in this business for a long time, and I can definitely see him standing tall. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Matt Hardy as well. MJF will defeat Chris Jericho and join the inner circle. MJF said to Chris he will do whatever it takes to win. And somehow, someway, I believe he will beat Jericho because MJF is smart. He has different strategic ways to win. And I know he will. And it, it, would, it's, it would be interesting to see how Santana and Sammy react once he does get in the inner circle because they don't want him in there. So I can't wait no, to see not, that. Not by match. any means. No, it's also going to be, it's also gonna be interesting to see if MJF does win and he goes into the inner circle what is that um, dynamic going to be like? And how is he going to conduct himself? And like we said in the beginning, will he stab them in the back? Exactly. I wonder what, I hope to see MJF make it in the inner circle because I, I want to see this storyline play out. I want to see how this storyline turns and where it ends and where it twists, is, where it twists. So I, I, I think uh, MJF winning is a great way for AEW to show how they can put together put together these storylines and really go out go all out with them. Yeah, for sure, that's gonna be a hell of a match. And then the final match, Orange Cassidy will defeat John Silver and get even for the Dark Order's involvement in his matchup with Cody, and that cost him the match for the AEW TNT Championship. And Cassidy, Cassidy, Cassidy. Uh, he has the power to win this match. I, I definitely believe he can and that he will. Cassidy is a very great grappler, and he's very fast. So John Silver, he has to be ready prepared and prepared. Yeah he, needs, yeah, he needs to be on his A game, and he really needs to pay attention here in this matchup because one slip-up, and it could be over very him. quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Orange Cassidy will come out the winner as well. I think he just has too much momentum. 
Yeah, Orange Cassidy, he's one of my favorites in AEW. Oh, there's, for sure. 100%. There's just so much that he's done already. He's beaten Jericho uh, twice, and he's beat, He's he's really – that's something nobody has ever done in, like, the yeah. history of wrestling. Nobody's beaten <laughs> Jericho twice. No, so so that's he's a, definitely someone to yeah. look at, definitely to watch, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a big accomplishment for him, and he's really yeah. made a name for himself by doing that. As far as full gear goes, I think it's going to be a good pay-per-view. It's going to be, a, it's going to earn a good number in, in viewership, but only time will tell. And now we're at the end, Julian. We are at the end of the show. It is time for our finishing move. And my finishing move is Roman Reigns responded on Twitter to the possibility of facing The Rock in a match, hopefully at WrestleMania next year if they if they go to L.A. or Tampa. I'm hoping they come back to Tampa because I would love to see a WrestleMania with a full stacked crowd. You know, I think, you know, I think actually that's, I kind of, I like that, you know, Roman Reigns and The Rock, just this, these two just huge icons, you know, just battling it out. I think that would make for an incredible match. That's something that we can, people will remember for years. I think that would be a fantastic, that's fantastic. Yeah, it would definitely, I believe that would be a great main event match. And The Rock The Rock said he would like to have Roman Reigns win that match and have him stand tall over him in that matchup because they're they're, they're very close, they're family. Mm-hmm. So they're family, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's the way to go for The Rock. He wants to go out on his back and, that's that's uh, that's a great that's a great way to end a, a legacy a long a long lasting wrestling career. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, I think you know, go being ending having someone end career who's also you know related to also your family. I don't think there's I don't think he would want it any other way. I think that's just going to be a hard hitting match. Definitely something to look forward to if that if that does happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the end of the show. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on the Worldwide Sports Radio, Radio Network on Twitter at Worldwide Sports Radio underscore, I believe. It's WWSRN underscore radio, something like that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Show Slows. Julian on Twitter at Julian B. Cohen. And also and, yeah. feel free to email, email the Email off the mat at off the mat forty four at gmail dot com. It has two T's at the end at gmail dot com. So for Alex Slows here for Josh for for uh, Julian Cohen. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm not sure when Josh will be back. Uh, I'm gonna find out uh, after the show. Hopefully yeah. he'll be back next week or the week after. But thank you for tuning in. Tuning in. This has been Alex Slows here and Julian B. Cohen here on Off the Map on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Have a good have a good after rest of your afternoon, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It, it, it's the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.